Jean, just on Kikuchi, obviously we asked you before the game um, about a six-man rotation or you'll, ha you'll have that extra starter coming when Strip comes back. Is there, is it on the table that Kikuchi could skip his next start and, and have more time to work on things? Yeah, I think everything's on the table right now. Um, again, we just want him to continue to focus on the things he's working on. But I think having options and having other guys that can step into roles is a good thing. And, uh, you know, we'll figure that out in the next couple of days. That was Blue Jays manager John Schneider yesterday. A couple of other comments from John Schneider. Pre-game, quote, the season is getting short in a hurry. Post-game, he talked about more urgency than patience being the uh, watchword right now. It is Blair and Barker. You say Kikuchi pitched yesterday. The Blue Jays lost. Basically, find the last Blair and Barker. Or find the Blair and Barker from the last Kikuchi start. Just replay the whole thing. Barker and I will be back in an hour. All right, have uh. a great morning. Basically what it is, three and a third, six hits, 80 pitches. Strike one to six of the first nine batters. Ooh. And then... That's a step in the right direction. And then, well, we're looking for silver linings. And then he fell behind to the next three. And uh, one of those batters silver was lines. Ryan Mountcastle. I, there's not even a silver line. I mean, it's not. It's just a matter of, is it a, is it a I don't know, is it a hurricane or a tornado coming? That's the only thing we're going to use. There ain't no sil silver linings to these clouds when it comes to Yusei Kikuchi. So, Kevin, we have established once again that he stinks this year. The question now is, what do you do with Yusei Kikuchi? Question. It's no question. Here's what I'll tell you. At the end of the season, if the Blue Jays don't make the, the playoffs and they continue to start Yusei Kikuchi, and this is the Yusei Kikuchi that they get, can they honestly look fans and that clubhouse right in the face and say we did everything possible to put the best product on the field that we could possibly put on the field to make the playoffs. No would be the answer to that. So I, there is no question of what you have to do. If you have to invent a, a, another injury, do that. If you have to throw him in the bullpen and forget about him, you do that. You just don't start him again. Isn't that what somebody's been saying? Yeah, but for, it's, for I, six, was, that, was that six weeks ago that you're, I you're, said that? I think it was six weeks. No, it was two months ago. It was two months ago that I said that. Well, yeah, you were saying it when you knew it would never happen because of what the contract that they gave him not too long ago. So you knew that wasn't going to happen two, two months ago. No, I, it, 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 Now there's 48 games left. Contracts are relevant. The, contracts are, the contract is, it, is irrelevant. Yes, it's so irrelevant. So you're telling me if he'd have signed a one-year, $12 million deal, he'd have made it would have done this the many same. starts? Based on the options, they if, if if the options were similar, yeah. I think they Well, they had an would've. option this time not to start him. Well, that's true. But up to this point, they haven't had that much of an option, have they? Or have well, they? Well, or they, Max well, they, Castillo was sitting there. We kept saying for the past well, you month, had to have Max Whit Merrifield. But again, this is before the trade down. He could have run Max Castillo out there all the time. Absolutely. Well, they didn't. Well, you know why they didn't. Why? Because they gave a guy three years for yeah. $36 million you in move, the offseason. You, 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 and you listen, know it does. You can listen, say it out listen, loud you, all as, you want. You as, know that's not As Dan O'Dowd said, you don't double down on a mistake. You make a mistake. Mm. You live with it. You, you stick the dude in the bullpen. You just do. And then we'll figure, we'll worry about the contract in the offseason because, quite frankly, who the hell knows is going to be around to make those decisions in the offseason? I mean, I don't know. I, I, 
I don't know. I mean, if I'm Ross Atkins, I'm not worried about the, the you say Kikuchi's contract. I'll figure that out. Hmm. I'll figure that out. And if my team doesn't make the playoffs after my club president has come out and basically said that we missed it by one game last year, your job this year is to make up that one game. You say Kikuchi does pitch well against the Yankees. He has this year. You're snickering. 3.86 ERA. Does he do that games. in Yankee Stadium? No, you're getting to the nitty-gritty. 0-1 with an ERA of 415 at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> why, why you even say those stats out loud? Because oh. the last I checked, the next games against the Yankees yeah. are in Yankee Stadium, and that's probably when he would be starting. Yeah. So why say it out loud? Why not? You've I, already been the one that says throw him in the bullpen, forget about him, never mention his name again. But I'm saying you haven't done so that. one more start? You haven't done that so far. If, well, if you let him make the if you let him make the I'm start, not, I'm not. If you making, let him make the start yesterday, I was on the fence about a month and a half ago. I ain't on the fence no more. You can't forget about what I think, what uh, fans think that are far away. Worry about what your players are thinking, and they're thinking you probably shouldn't start this guy. Yeah, they should. Also, they, I mean, they have to be thinking that. They should also also probably figure out a way to have some good at bats too while they're while they're figuring that out. Lost seven three to the uh, Baltimore Orioles last night. 7-3 to the Baltimore Orioles last so, night. So you can't have your cake and eat it, too. So we, 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 sure can't, can. we, can't, yeah, pay, yeah. we can't just jump right over this. Aren't you the guy in this room that's always said, you and that other guy that used to have the show together, I always used to say, ah, oh, the RBI is a team stat. <laughs> Don't even look at that. Now, all of a sudden, all the conversation is is when they're not getting hits when it matters the most. With that little guy standing at second base going, hey, remember me? I'd like to score. And now all of a sudden it's a big deal when they're one for seven with runners in scoring position against the team, course, quite frankly, course, at home that they should be beating. Of course, RBIs are important. RBIs are runs. I'm just saying I don't think that they're necessarily the measure of a hitter. Until you you're not getting them. No. No. So it's, when, it's, you, it's when, not, you have, when you get Vladdy coming up, you yeah, get guys if, that are hitting in the middle of the order. That's fine. It's, you, who should be having better at bats. You miss, you miss, you miss no, the, you miss the whole miss. point. You miss the whole point. The whole point is not that RBIs aren't important. Yes, they're an important part of a of a hitter's profile, but they don't tell you everything about the hitter. They just don't. I'm sorry, they don't. Any mm. more than wins tell you everything about the pitcher. They just don't. Quality stars tell you that. So there's adjustments, but a guy having, like you said, better at bats. Well, better at bats means not in the first inning with nobody on, not when you can hit, you know, like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last night, hit a solo homer to right center field. Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't have a, 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 that good of a bat with runners in scoring position. No, he didn't. So that, that's the difference. That's my point. The at-bats are totally different. Run producers don't grow on trees. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. So it is, I, I get you, there's a lot of factors that go into being yeah, a really our, good hitter. RBIs but you're depend in the middle of the order. Exactly. RBIs. Good at bats when it matters the most. That's why let, John Snyder's came out and said we'd rather have Vladdy getting the okay. extra at bat than everybody let else. Let me ask you this. Why is that? RBIs are important. All right. Do, do RBIs measure the type of hitter that Rymel Tapia is? Do no, they he's measure a, he's the a type of hitter? Outfielder. Okay. Do they measure the type of hitter that Matt Chapman is? Yeah, he's an everyday player. It helps. He's hitting fifth or sixth or seventh okay. in your order. He's going to come up with a lot of guys on base. I'd rather him go one for four with an RBI with the guy standing on second than a one for four with a bloop single to right. Yeah. Speaking of bloop single, that is how it all started to uh, – well, I wouldn't say it necessarily became unraveled. Uh, it was the fourth for, inning. Uh, it was for walking – uh, Ryan McKenna had the bloop double and came in to score a run. Next inning – 
Second inning, one, two, three, bottom of the order. You're thinking, okay. And then as I mentioned, third inning. Uh, You're thinking, ball okay. one, Ball one, ball one, walk Santander. Yeah, he may have got squeezed a little bit. That happens here. You say Kikuchi. You've got, there's, there's no reason on God's green earth an umpire should give you the benefit of the doubt. And then Ryan Mountcastle comes up with one hand because his, his left hand has got a bruise on it the size of a, of a, of a softball, apparently. And he still hits a home run because all Ryan Mountcastle does is hit home runs against the Blue Jays. And that's, that's basically your ball game right there. And then it falls. Of course, the next inning, Bo makes the air. It's compounded by uh, Kikuchi's air. And, and it, you know, we're the outfield, the, the press box is in left field. And I, so you get a great view Kevin of the of of the the field and and all the players in the field. Third inning, you know, poor old Lourdes Gurriel. He's doing yoga in the outfield to stay loose. I'm watching Bo Bichette. He's doing the with the foot, you know, between every pitch. And Matt Chapman's kind of walking around. And I I mean, it just it absolutely it sucked the and it, it sucked the life out of the stadium. It sucked the life out of the team. And and listen, I mean, all kidding aside, you're right. I they, they can't send you say Kikuchi out there again. Having said that, do I think they might? Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, they might do it. It's and in the air, I think. It, th- they can't really make up their mind what they want to do. That's, well, what I, no, that's what I think it is. I, no, I think what we may have here is I think uh, there are people who know what they want to do. There are people who want to do something else. And the question is who wins? Well, you know who's going to win. I mean, who's going to win or who should win? I know who's going well, who's to win. Who's going to win? Everybody has a boss. <laughs> yep. Normally they win. Anyhow. So they're, there you they're, go. They're, Seven three, the Baltimore com- Orioles. Their game is not complete right now. And how do you figure that out? And now all of a sudden, Alec Manoa's biggest game of the season is tonight. Yeah. You can't, you know, and, and John mentioned this. I mean, we're not clicking in all cylinders, et cetera, et cetera. You can't fix that. I mean, that, that, yeah, your best it, players it, have to be your best players. Yeah, it, 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 it does is. happen, but you can't mm-hmm. fix it. It's an, you, you can't, the hitting coach can't get together and say, okay, everybody, let's click on all cylinders tonight because we didn't well, do it I last Well, I could say that you could stop throwing the guy that's not real good because you got two of them in your rotation right now and you can't have both of them in the rotation at the same time because that makes it real hard on a young lineup to try and figure out how to get big hits when it matters the most. And mm-hmm. that's a lot of, you know, I don't want to say pressure. Pressure is a big word. Different people handle it in different ways. I just think when you're trying to use the entire field, take what the pitcher gives you, a lot of the times a young lineup doesn't really know how to do that. It makes it harder <laughs> when you're falling behind in the at-bats. You, you try and get two hits in one at-bat instead of just staying within yourself. It's a lot to ask. Uh, Ross Stripling's back. Mitch White is back. You've got five off days coming up. There, I, I mean, I haven't looked. I haven't looked at the schedule in depth, Kevin. But I've got to think there's a way because people said you go to six-man rotation for what reason? You know, it was asked yesterday of of John Schneider. You know, do you have some sort of piggyback arrangement? You should be able to go, shouldn't you? With those five, leaving Kikuchi aside for the rest of the way. You would th- certainly think so, and and fill in the blanks in the other one. I mean, it's again, it's. Well, you can't fill in the blanks on the I, other I, one. I, it's, you either go with a, either you, you you go with the five man rotation the rest of the way, and Kikuchi's done, and and you you just try for to make me, it work. You, you say Kikuchi's not starting again. And again, if you have to figure out how to make a couple other starts because of how the schedule works, you have to figure that out. But he's not starting again for me. Now, again, I'm with you. 
he probably will start. It just seems like the conversation is they're trying to invent ways to let him start again instead of just saying this is the get-it-done league and you ain't getting it done. With 48 games left, we just can't we just can't continue to do this. Like, we have better options right now, quite frankly. And, again, it gets back to that. You can't have Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi both struggling and that all of a sudden – how do you figure? How do you figure all that out? It's it's impossible to win baseball games that way. So, yeah, I mean, right now it just doesn't seem like they're going to go out and and score fifteen runs in a game. It's just not going to do that consistently. The, they're just not going to do it. The wild card standings, as of this morning, have the Seattle Mariners on top, sixty three and fifty four. Now they have played uh, three more games than Tampa Bay or Toronto, but they're sixty three and fifty four. Tampa Bay is 61 and 53, Toronto 61 and 53. So Seattle's half a game up in uh in in top spot in the race for uh <clears throat> for home field in the wild card. The Orioles are only a game and a half back. Of course, they've got two more games against the Jays tonight at 707. Tomorrow's a 307 first pitch. A reminder about that. The Minnesota Twins, they are 59-55. And don't look now, but here come the Chicago White Sox. They've won four in a row. Somehow, despite the fact they're managed by Tony La Russa, they're 60-56. and 56. They're two games out. The Boston Red Sox are five back. And, um, yeah, if you're – I love what John Schneider said. The season is getting – the season's getting short awfully, awfully quickly here. The season's getting short awfully quickly. I just find it – I would find it hard to believe that they could sell this to their club, that if they don't make the playoffs and they continue to start Yusei Kikuchi – that that's okay in that clubhouse. I, find, I just find it hard to believe. Like, I, I, it's okay, I think it sounds like, because of who Jose Barrios is and the track record and yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. But you say, Kikuchi, really? Like, go with your best down the stretch. At least you will have, you can say, look, we threw everybody out there. The best that we had, we gave them the ball. It just didn't work out. Well, the, and, and the thing with Barrios is the last start aside, you can at least hang your hat on the fact that he's pretty good at home. The last, you know, the, he's going to get this that, weekend start. out of those nine or ten starts. He's about to get some of the, uh, half of those are on the road. Yeah, but I'm saying I, 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 I'm with you. You're not. It's not a hard. It's not. There's nobody going in that clubhouse going, man. I can't believe we're starting Jose Barrios again. I'm sure there are guys in that clubhouse going him, Kikuchi still. No question. No question. It just seems like this offense feeds off of the way the starting pitcher looks. And pitches. The Orioles are five and two against the Blue Jays so far. The Jays have lost seven of nine. They're six and fourteen, and Kikuchi starts. Uh, if you're keeping track, George Springer returned to the lineup yesterday. A uh, couple of hits, a double, scored a run, drew a walk, DHing. Uh, John Schneider made it pretty clear yesterday that uh, he is going to continue uh, outfield drills. George Springer was scheduled to throw 90 feet. And this, this really sounds like George, uh, uh, John Schneider said, we're, you know, we're, we're going to try. We've got a handful of days here. We're going to try to build up the offensive stuff. I mean, we're at the point in the year where he, he, he threw 90 feet yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to see how he feels. You know, obviously, George Springer wants to play in the outfield. Uh, John Schneider said, sure. I don't know how much right field or center field. When we're talking about the elbow, I don't know how much. That's necessarily going to come into play. You could run the cutout cutoff guy out 
you could run the cutoff him, guy you could make out there. It easier that way. They're a better team which with they him playing did, defense. Which, which they did with Jose. Uh, they did with Jose Batista one year when he was here. If you remember, he had the sore elbow, and that was basically to force the Jays into in, into basically having the second. And base I got to be honest with you, I, I like Lord to sit in third. You got to ask yourself, runner yeah, on third question. base, runner on third base, and two outs. You're down a run. Who would you rather have up right now? No, this, that the lineup. Gurriel Jr. or Alejandro Kirk? Yeah, not even close. The lineup I'm last night has got to be the lineup moving forward. No question. Um, you know, with the exception, I mean, we can like I think Espinal, you know, Espinal should mm-hmm. be in the starting lineup. But I mean, you can you can futz around with that Tapia, uh, Merrifield, Jansen, Espinal, Biggio. Uh, I mean, I really don't care about that one way or another, but. The order, Springer, Guerrero, Gurriel, Hernandez, Bichette, and Chapman. That makes a lot of sense for me. That makes a lot of sense for me. And um, Question, if you don't put Kirky, he's playing in the three spot. Where would you put him? Sixth, seventh? <sighs> Maybe in front of Chapman, behind Chapman, one of those two spots. I, I'm not sure they'll, I mean, they'll do, do that. You, do, you, do you drop Bo? That's a question. Farther than fifth? I would. That's you, just me. I, I think right now Chapman's giving you some better at-bats than Bo is. You, I'd rather have Chapman coming up with runners on base than Bo right now. Do you put Kirk in front of Bichette? You could put Kirk I mean, fifth. wherever you put You could put, you put Chapman Kirk. sixth. You could put Bo seventh. That'd be a tough sale. He's an everyday guy. He's your shortstop. I mean, you've already sold it to him, dropping him from the two spot to the five spot. You know, I'm saying I'm not saying with 48 games you worry about dude's feelings. But. It'd be interesting. I mean, if anybody, I guess, could sell it, it would be John. Would they do it? Probably not. I mean, they're, they're, they have a bigger worry with their rotation than they do where these dudes are hitting. Yeah, for, first of all, with, with Vladdy coming up with runners on base, those bats have to be better. Like, they just do. Quite, plain and simple, end of story. Like, they have to be better. He's got to be one of the guys that has to have a a unbelievable September because right now, the wild card standings look exactly like they're supposed to look. They look exactly the way they're supposed to look. I'm not saying that they're not a, a playoff team. I'm sticking with that. I think they'll figure it out. But it looks exactly the way it's supposed to look. Now you now you say what you want about the coaches. I know there's a lot of rumblings about blaming the hitting coach and the pitching coach and all those me i've been in a lot of locker rooms it's real that's an easy point the finger at the coach because sometimes you just don't like the coach doesn't seem like like that's the way it is the players that matter the most in this lineup have to be the best players on their team if they're not they won't make the playoffs it's just like the rotation they got three dudes and one of them's your boy they got to be real they got to be real good if not great boy well because you've been tooting that horn till you can't toot it anymore so you can stick with it uh, all year, you said it. You're gonna, you like him, and he's gonna turn the corner, and he'll give you seven. And uh, my point, now it's time to yeah, do but, it, and but, don't see, worry I'm about also, the contract. Well, and, yeah, because it's it, that. That's again, the Jose Barrios contract. That's like worrying about taxes. I mean, it's it's not going to change. I mean, yeah, it, I I wish I wish he'd perform better this year, but I'm sure as hell not going to spend the next five years going. Oh, that Barrios contract. I'm just not. I don't, over, drive don't, over, don't, don't overthink it and don't get crazy with the next five years. You look at what's right in front of you. And what's right in front of you hasn't been what we it hasn't thought been it what would we be. Thought it, would be no? it needs to be better, is my it point. Need to and be that's, better. that's down the stretch. You're, you're, you're banking on experience. Bark, why does Ryan Mountcastle own this team? 
I no disrespect to Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah, you know, he's his he's he's, numbers, great, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a, only great against the Blue Jays. He's, he's a he's, he's, he's a, good I mean, against he's, a lot of other people. Not great. Yeah, he's he's okay. I mean, you know, he can play in a lot of teams. Uh, I'm not saying that he's a you know a, a stiff or anything like that. But Kevin, his numbers against this team are outrageous. And again, that was a dude last night. We talked to Brandon Hyde before the game. It's a huge bruise on his hand. They were trying to figure out how he's going to put a glove on over top of it. Sure didn't look like it's bothering him to me. I I I think there's a couple of things there. I, I think when you game plan against somebody so much and say don't throw a ball here to a certain guy, I mean it, it seems to me like you don't like the ball up. You say try to throw the ball up, miss middle. You miss middle to a hitter who's confident and loves hitting off of you yeah. and thinks that sooner or later he's going to get a ball that he can go back Lake City on. And the Blue Jays aren't real good at moving his feet. I know that's not a thing in 2022, but, man, Maybe it if there's be. anybody that earned, has earned it, it'd be him. Yeah. I mean, uncomfortable. He don't like it. Benches clearing. I mean, I'm not saying hit him, but I'm saying every once in a while, you got to say this is going to be uncomfortable for you. I'm sorry. And if you got to draw a line in the sand, say come out here and get you some. You got to draw a line. I mean, there has to be a little, there has to be a little of that mean American League East in you, and they just don't have enough of that. So I think it's accumulation of a couple of things. In thirty-two career games against the Jays, he's forty-five for one twenty-five. That's three sixty. Six doubles, fourteen homers, twenty-eight Whoa. RBI, seven forty-four slug, one point one six four OPS. Before we break, and we will be joined by Jackie Bradley Jr. and by Darren Holmes, the Orioles bullpen coach. I want to talk about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I want to talk about his two-run single uh, in the third inning. Bases loaded, Kevin, going into that at bat. He's 16 for 35 with five grand slams. Now, yes, uh, bases loaded. I mean, it depends where you come up in the lineup, et cetera, et cetera. Is there something about his approach? Or let me rephrase it. What is the proper approach for a hitter to have with the bases loaded? This time of the year, it's all about what you swing at. I've told you this. Run producers don't grow on trees. you you got to accept the moment. you got to think that the moment's not too big for you. That at-bat you're talking about. You, you, Vladdy had a really good bat and walked to load the bases. He goes up, takes a borderline elevated four-seamer for ball one. You only If he swings his hat, say he hits a little lazy pop fly to right field, might, might get a sack fly out of that, but that's not what he's trying to do. He's trying to make maximum contact with the baseball to have success and help him t- his team win a baseball game. Then the next pitch was change up right down the middle. I'm not saying he hit an absolute BB to center field, but the, the thing there is is you have to take a close one to get one down the middle. That's your approach. It's not about mechanics, not about timing this time of the year. It's none of that. It's about what you swing at and what you don't swing at. You have to get a good pitch. A good pitch is not a strike. It's not what that is. A good pitch is something that you can be balanced. You can drive down and through the baseball. You can think big part of the field, and you think you can get barrel to the middle part of that baseball so you can hit it as hard as you possibly can. And the only way you do that is you get your pitch. And most people's Pitch in the big leagues right down the middle. And that's what he got. Sounds simple. 
No, it, 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 but my, the, my, it, this it is what does. I said. This is why I am the one guy that raises my hand because I used to try and do this. I played first. I was the guy that was expected to be a run producer, and those are the at-bats. You watch the at-bats, the good ones do. They'll take pitches early in counts that you go, why do you take that? Because you can't hit that hard, and it's not two strikes. If I can't hit it hard, why would I swing at it? You've got Alec Manoa in the mound tonight against Dean Kramer. Would you expect to see Alec Manoa? Move somebody's feet tonight. I want Alec Manoa to go seven innings don't care. and hand yeah. them. I, I don't care how it looks. I mean, I, I think he's going to throw two seamers in. Uh, I think he don't, don't fall in love with the changeup against lefties. They're going to run a bunch of lefties out there because mm-hmm. they got enough of them. They can balance it out like that. That's, I mean, last that's, night, that last you, night they ran you, out righties and makes you makes you throw a pitch that normally you don't want to throw. Yep. I mean, that's what that does. Throwing a bunch of lefties in there because now the two seamer, unless it's located on that outer side of the plate and he doesn't have arm side going as well as he wants to, he'll hopefully do that. He gives him seven innings. Do I care how it looks? I don't. I mean, again, I'm going to say this is the biggest start of the year for him. They need to be, they need him to be dominant. Do it with some vinegar too. Like say, I mean, there has to, I understand where the Orioles have been all year and they're, they're a good surprise and they're a lot of fun to watch and all those things. But the Blue Jays are expected to go a little deeper than the, than the Orioles are. They, the, the Blue Jays have their best guy on the mound tonight, their best guy. Show us. Darren Holmes is the assistant pitching coach and bullpen coach with the Baltimore Orioles. You uh, might remember that Baltimore Orioles bullpen. Uh, last year, what was the Baltimore Orioles bullpen last year? Its ERA was 570 which wasn't as bad as it was in 2019 when it was 579. They ended up trading Cole Sulser and Tanner Scott to the Marlins late in spring training, and everybody's wondering what the hell's going to happen. The Orioles' bullpen is uh, second or th- has had the second or third lowest bullpen ERA in the majors this year. It's been, it's been a remarkable transformation. A, a, a ton of guys, uh, different arm angles, ton of velocity, guys who were DFA'd, guys who were waived, you name it. These guys have come from everywhere. Darren Holmes, he calls them the animal kingdom. We'll ask him why. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. More Leafs, more Raptors, more Blue Jays. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I can't. That's embarrassing. Now Parker did the old, what's that? What you stepping on? What you stepping on? What you stepping on? I kept looking down. It's just it's a juvenile we get in this show. A long year, Jeff. Oh, it has been. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It has been. Okay. It's been 20 long, you say, Kikuchi starts of a year. It's a grind. It is a grind. It's a grind. There is not much, not much doubt about it. Well, the Orioles beat the Jays 7-3 last night. First of three. Second game in that series goes tonight at 7-0-7. The Orioles are 5-2 and against the Jays. And um, every, time I, every time I watch an Orioles game, 
and I see somebody come out of the bullpen. Yeah, and I and I go. I I got to remind myself where they find these guys. So like I go on Baseball Reference and all. This guy was DFA. This guy was waived. I mean, they've put together a lights out bullpen. Statistically, you know, never mind what your eyes are telling you. Statistically as well, it's one of the very Top best five in baseball bullpens in baseball. Mm-hmm. And it's a hell of a story. Yeah. You know, I don't know whether it's analytics, a dumb luck, maybe a combination of both. Good scouting. But here comes another guy out of the Orioles bullpen. It's 97, 98. Or, and then the big boy comes out and it's 100 to 102 when he feels like it. Keep in mind that last year the Orioles bullpen had an ERA of 2021. 2019, it was 579. They traded Cole Sulcer and Tanner Scott to the Marlins, two pretty good relievers. They traded them to the Marlins. They've also had some other turnovers. And despite all that, they've shaved two and a half runs a game off their bullpen. It's a blueprint on how you can be good in the American League East. No question. Now, uh, Darren Holmes is the assistant pitching coach of the Baltimore Orioles and uh, bullpen coach as well. And we're very pleased that he joins us on Blair and Barker. Darren, thanks so much for taking time out uh, to talk to us this morning. I'm reading an article that uh, Rock Kabutka did in July on the Orioles' bullpen. First of all, I love the nickname, the Animal Kingdom, and I want you to explain that to me. But you, there's a comment from you in here. <laughs> and I haven't read this yet to Kevin, I, and I'm just going to read this, this comment, Darren, and then I'd like you to talk about it. This is from Darren Holmes in this article on July 27th. The team closest to us going back to probably 2000, maybe a little bit last year, was Tampa Bay. They've always had some big arms in their bullpen. But besides that, the teams we play, there's three or four of them who are going to come out there at 95, 98. And every now and then you'll get guys that touch 100. But for the most part, we've got five guys that are 98, 99. Three guys are touching 100s now. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because that is, you know, when we look at the Rays, that's, you know, kind of we always joke. Anytime the Rays make a trade, the first thing you do is look for the bullpen arm that was thrown in in the deal because that guy's going to be coming out throwing 99 at some point in, in, in September. Tell us about this bullpen, how it came together, and you know, how much of this is, as I said, analytics, good scouting, maybe even a little bit of luck. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a combination of everything you just said. Um, you know, we have, we have a great analytics group. Uh, uh, you know that 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 comes in and and really finds uh, some gems for us. You know, and you know the front office is is you know awesome. Um, I, I just think it's it's kind of uh, been this year like a perfect storm. We've we've uh, you know we let some guys go that were that were big pieces, uh, and uh, and we got some guys uh, that are big pieces now for us, and and. Uh, I think that's how the bullpen has been thriving. It's uh, I, I called it Animal Kingdom uh, because these guys are animals. I mean, they go down there every single day. Uh, they work hard every single day. They're easy to coach. They listen. Uh, they're invested in what in what we're trying to do, and uh, and they get after it every single day. And they'll come out of that bullpen two or three days in a row. Uh, just to help the team, just to help us win. So it, it, it's been a lot of fun um, uh, this year, uh, you know, from uh, the first two years, uh, you know, that I, that I was here, you know, they're rebuilding and, 
and you know what's going on. And then all, all of a sudden this year we started adding pieces and, um, and, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good scouting. It's, uh, you know, the, the analytics have, have, uh, have gone through with these guys and saw what they can do. And then, uh, you know, me and, me and Holty work with them and, and, and trying to get them in, in, uh, in the place where we think that they could be, the, uh, that they could thrive and be the best. And, and so far it's, uh, it's, it's been working. Darren, I'm always intrigued by the conversation in bullpens throughout the entire game. Has the, has the conversation changed when they're, you know, the Orioles have gotten closer to to being a, a wild card team, or is it is it business as usual every single day there? It, it's really it's been business as usual. I mean, uh, these guys know what's on the line. These guys know where we're at. Um, they know what we're striving for and and uh, what we're working for every day. Uh, but it's not like um, you know. I think when you get into that, like, oh well, we're we're, we're you know we're. We're, we're, we may go into the, you know, we may get a wild card berth or something like that. You, you know, in, in my experience um, uh, in, in baseball and, and the times that I've been to the playoffs and stuff like that with with teams and, and, and players, it's it's something that you, you can't get caught up in that right now. You just got to get caught up every day in what you can do. Uh, be prepared be ready and to help your team win. And, and when it all fleshes out at the end of the season, we'll see what happens. How, how hard has the change been for Batista going from a setup guy to a seventh and eighth inning guy to now being the closer because the closer got traded? Or is it just you throw 100 with movement, don't change a thing, go in, throw strike one, expand with that, and then, you know, play your cards the way they've been played? Yeah, you know, Bautista has been a um he's been something that we've been eyeing for 3 years. Uh the thing that kind of probably kept him away earlier was uh his command. Uh, you know, we brought him to spring training, uh you know, uh put him on the roster, brought him to spring training and uh you know, he uh he figured it out and and he's throwing strikes and you know, he doesn't walk a lot of guys now. He's uh He's got a big arm. He's not scared. We call him the gentle giant. I mean, he's just, uh, he's a big teddy bear, but boy, when he goes on that field, he's a killer. And, um, uh, he has, uh, he hasn't flinched on, on any, on any, uh, thing that we've given to do or any situation we put him in. Uh, he just goes out there and he, he does his thing. So, uh, he, he's been, he's been a huge, huge for us. Uh, you know, especially with, uh, Lopez, you know, trading Lopez at the deadline and, and uh, but but we knew we had Bautista also, so so that was uh, that 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 was the backup plan for for that if we if we if we did trade Lopez and and he came right in and he hasn't flinched. Darren, one of the, the things we've talked about with the Blue Jays for a long time is that the Blue Jays they they don't have elite velocity, they don't have elite swing and miss stuff. I mean, it's something that the front office has talked about, something everybody who's followed this team is has talked about it. I mean, I'm always a, I, I understand that velocity alone isn't enough, right? I've covered baseball for a long time and I've always been told, you know, you gotta, it has to be movement. You have to be able to pitch. It's not just enough to throw hard, but it, it seems to me that throwing hard now is a big deal, especially late in games because guys, because of the approach that hitters have. So I just want to ask you this, is velocity more important now for a reliever than at any time since you've been in the game, just pure God given, you know, triple digit velocity. Yeah, I, I would say that's a fair question. Um, you, you know, 
velocity is wonderful, but without command, velocity is nothing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and so uh, the guys that we have right now are are command high velocity guys, and and you don't see that. I mean, you know, like I said before, this is a special group that um, that has come together and and they have command and they have velocity and, 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 and that's what is, you know, that that's what's pushing this boat right now. Darren, how big has Dylan Tate been for you guys out of the pen? Tremendous. Tremendous. I mean, Dylan Tate is, is, uh, I love Dylan. He's a hard worker. He's out there every day early. He's getting his reps in, he's getting his dry reps in. Uh, he, he is, he is a workhorse and he's constantly, uh, he's constantly getting better. He's constantly doing things to make himself better. His pitch shapes. Um, he's a relentless worker, and uh, he, he's been great for our guys. So, Darren, you know, especially our some of our younger guys. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, that it was interesting. The Jays made their first trip to Baltimore uh, a couple of weeks ago, and of course, the new dimensions in the ballpark came into play, and that was the first time the Jays had seen that. I would imagine I, I, that when. You and Chris found out that they were doing that. You guys must have got together and popped a bottle of champagne or something like that very, oh, very quietly off to the side, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, you know, that it, it was uh, – uh, I think it was a, uh, the right thing to do at, at, at that point right now on where we're at and where we're going. And, and, and uh, I think it, it kind of uh, levels out the playing field a little bit um, with hitting and pitching. Uh, it, it's been good. I mean, listen. I mean, you know, when when it gets hot, I mean, these, you know, when when the, when the element get, get gets hot, it's uh, you know these these balls still fly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they're still hitting them out at you know over that over that fence at 400 feet. You know what I mean? But uh, it definitely has helped us on the pitching side. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many home runs it may have saved from from where the uh, from where it used to be, but um, it, it's, it's definitely. It's definitely been to our, our advantage. From where you're sitting, do you think the Orioles have found their everyday shortstop in Jorge Mateo? I do. I do. I, I think Jorge Mateo is uh, Jorge Mateo is elite. I mean, he's young right now, um, but some of the plays that he makes and his speed, uh, his arm. I mean, he, I mean, he's he's uh, he's a potential five tool player, and. Um, yeah, he he has made a incredible difference to our uh, to our defense. I mean, some of the plays that he, I mean, some of the plays he he makes is just like the play last night to you know to to get the double play. You know, he he, he goes backhands. We we thought he was just gonna he, he was gonna get one at at, at uh you know at, at at second, and they end up throwing uh, he ends up throwing a missile to uh, 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 Odor, and and they and they turn a double play, and that happens all the time. So. Yeah, he's special. He's special. He's uh, he's going to be a great player. Uh, when you have a bullpen that is 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 put together the way this Orioles bullpen is, how how difficult is it to to kind of have uh, you know checkpoints for different guys? Because it's not it's not as if you have seen a lot of these guys you know for the past five, six, seven years or whatever, and 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 you've got to judge on where a guy is, how his stuff is. All of this, all of this stuff with guys you may not have a, a a big track or track record with. How difficult is it to do that as a pitching coach and and as a bullpen coach to kind of trust what you're seeing uh, without necessarily having seen a great deal of stuff, you know, from two or three years ago? 
Yeah, I, I, I think one of the things that, that me and Holty do that, that has really helped us um, and and helped the players uh, that we have, the pitchers that we have, is, is you know, we, we spend a ton of time with these guys every single day, um, you know, starting in spring training. Uh, you know, we get to know the guys, the new guys that have come in. You know, we, we get invested in their in their life and their family. Um, uh, we build relationships with them. And and when you do that, and then you know, and, and then when you go into a season, uh, you, you know, you, you you get good information from them. You get you get trust. You know, um, uh, if if they need a day, they'll tell us they need a day. If if, if we tell them that hey, you know, like a day off. Um, uh, if we tell them hey, you got a day off, they'll tell us no. I feel good today. I want to pitch. You know, so. I think it's it's been really good um, on both sides from the player and from uh, you know me and Holty uh, you know trying to to, to manage uh, our staff is is uh, is building them relationships early, getting trust, and getting to know these guys. And uh, uh, it's been you know I think spring training was was huge for us. You know with with some of the guys that that, that we got. And uh, just to have, just to get to know them, and, and we, and like I say, we we spend a ton of time every single day with with all of these guys, and and I think that that's helped uh, the camaraderie. I think it's helped the uh, uh, the trust factor on their end and and our end. Uh, when we tell them something, they trust us, and when they tell us something, we trust them. And uh, I think that's that's made a, a a big contribution to to what's happening right now with us. Last last question from us. As someone who pitched ninety three games at Coors Field, I want to bring it back to your ballpark. How, in in addition to the home runs that don't that that haven't been hit out there, has that has that had a mental impact as well on your pitchers, knowing that there is that little bit of a security zone? Because I mean, you know, I covered I covered a lot of games in Coors Field, and that, there's not a not a big security zone there for pitchers. Yeah, yeah, you know. I, my time in, in uh, I, I learned very early in when I got to Colorado is is that uh, you you can't walk guys. Uh, you know Colorado is a big field. Yeah, the ball flies out of there. Um, what what kills uh, what loses ball games is walks. And you know it's kind of you know cliche I guess to say, but but that is true. You know um, you know. Three one. Here's a fastball right down the middle. Hit as far as you can, but I'm not gonna walk you. And I think that you know after the first probably half uh, half of the first season that I was there, I realized that and uh, and, and made some changes and, and was able to be fairly successful at Coorsville for five years. So um, yeah, Coorsville can be a monster. I mean, believe me. And and uh, you know it's the elephant in the room every time you know you go there or you know when we were players and and. Uh, and guys were coming to us. We were, we were seeing certain pitchers that, you know, organizations were, were not letting them pitch, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like a, like a, a number one guy, you know, that's switching around and go to something different, you know? Uh, so it's, 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 it was kind of fun to watch, but yeah, yeah. Course uh, field can be a, can be a nightmare, but if you go in and you throw strikes um, and and you just take what, you know, just, just take whatever result that is. You're you're, you're you're going to be fairly successful there. Darren, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Terrific insight, man. Be well. Thank you so much. Good luck. Uh, thanks, guys. Yep. Take care. Darren Holmes, assistant pit, uh, pitching coach, bullpen coach with the Baltimore Orioles.
Uh, I, I was at, as we were talking to Darren, I wanted to bring it back to the ballpark because I was sitting there. I remembered he pitched for the Rockies. I forgot how many games he pitched at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. I can't forgot be, how many the, games he pitched. Can't at be Coors the easiest Field. thing to say. Okay, I'd rather give up a homer than to walk you. Can't, that can't be the easiest approach to have. But you got to have it. You know, it's still hard to hit a home run. It's, tar- it's still hard to do everything mechanically right as a as a professional hitter to do that with velocity, even though you throw it down the middle. But I, yeah, it's, it's easier to get away with it when you throw a little bit harder than most people do that. That's the big key. There is he's right. You do have, you'd have to, uh, you, you have to have command, but I just, I, I assume command, right. And I'm saying if you've got command, Competitive pitches. for me, it's more competitive pitches. Like your misses have to be harder takes for a hitter. Like you, you say Kikuchi last night, give him credit with that part of it, that he didn't throw a ton of non-competitive pitches, where a non-competitive pitch for a hitter is as soon as it leaves his finger, right away it's a ball. Yeah. I'm taking that. I'm thinking about the next pitch already right out of the hand, which good pitchers, even when you're coming out of bullpens, guys that throw hard, keep it close to the dish. Make it be a tough take. Like it's a swing, 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 take. Like, it's a very hard take, but you got a split second because he's throwing it that much harder. That's what velocity adds. And the more you have, the better chance you got to get in the way with a hitter's fastball on the plate. That's why these good teams try and sprinkle in a bunch of guys that throw a bazillion miles an hour so they can get away with mistakes. Yeah. It's, Other uh, than that team that we see. It is, it, is every inter- day. it is interesting, though, hearing him, hearing him talk about the, hearing Darren talk about the similarity between this bullpen and some of those raised bullpens, you know, guys that are just kind of found money almost, you know, and and here they come and they've got command and they've got velo and, the, you know, let's face it, a lot of these guys are hungry too. I mean, none of these guys are in multi-year contracts. No. I'll tell you what, there's nobody in that bullpen coasting. Because there are a lot of guys, like, you look at Brian Baker, mm-hmm. who was in this organization. Sure. You don't think Brian Baker's looking at this as a big chance? If, if he can if he can pitch well, if he can consistently hit what he's been hitting, what, 97, 98, and the Orioles somehow make the... I mean, Brian Baker's going to get a contract out of this year, someplace. I, I think there's there's an element of that as well. When you have a bunch of guys that are pitching for next year. You have to have really good scouts who, you know, it's it's one thing to get one right. It's another thing but to I get three or four correct. right. So your scouting or has to be... Or five or six as these guys your, your scouting has to be excellent, that that they see something that even if you bring him here, they got the mechanics, they got enough, you know, extension on their ball, they're getting enough spin rate that if you change grip or just change how much they use a certain pitch, they're going to be this much better and you can use them in high, the highest leverage situations. That's and I mean that's this a credit is, to their scouting. And and this department. is this is why this is why the 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 Orioles brought in Michael Elias as general manager. I mean this is the reason they brought him in because you know he comes from the the uh, the Houston Astros, right? And um, you know, he he I mean he's got that whatever we may think about the whatever we may think about the Astros and what went on in. 2011, 2012, or whatever. The fact of the matter is, they did a really good job of identifying, of identifying players, of identifying pitchers, and that's one of the reasons they, they brought they they brought him in. And you're you're starting to see the fruits of that right now. You're you know patience, 
Look at Darren Holmes is saying. They saw Felix Batista three years ago. Uh, Brandon Hyde. There were organizations who would have, they would have fired Brandon Hyde as manager. It, it's, you know, they, they've, uh, it, as long as that whole Angelo's family ownership thing doesn't implode and doesn't kind of mm-hmm. take everybody's eye off the end goal. I mean, yeah, Shai Davidi and I were talking about this yesterday. If you're a free agent pitcher and you're looking for a pillow contract, maybe someplace where you can go for a year with a vesting option or something like that, mm-hmm. and you want to build your value up, might be looking at Baltimore, looking at that ballpark, looking at that team and going, you know, if they're going to give me the money, maybe I'll go there, pitch for a year. Pitch in the AL East. I just think I just think if you're GMs in the American League East and the American League and you wonder why the Orioles are good, it's a copycat league. You're thinking to yourself, man, if I can get guys like that that you can change. You know, you, t- you you listen to the Dodgers talk all the time. Well, why did that why does that guy go from one organization to the Dodgers and now all of a sudden he's taking off with location, with power, with usage of pitches. Mm-hmm. Ross Stripling says that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're almost thinking spin first and use your fastball for a putaway pitch. It's backwards, right? And when you do, you throw your fastball, it's elevated. Like it's just little things like that that certain organizations do that other organizations don't know how to do. So if you're looking at the Orioles, you're thinking to yourself, man, why can't we do that? Jackie Bradley Jr. is the newest member of the Toronto Blue Jays. He is certainly no stranger to pennant races. He has a World Series ring. He was MVP in the American League Championship Series in 2018. He's played a large chunk of his career in Boston. He's been a frequent foe of the Toronto Blue Jays. Now he's with the Blue Jays. What does Jackie Bradley see in this team? And do they have what it takes to go the distance in the pennant race? We'll find out next. Jackie Bradley Jr. joins us, and we've got tickets to give away as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. 